Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. And today, Dean, I'm going to say from Edge Baseball as well, because we got a very special guest on. But uh, Coach, what do we got going on over there? We got homecoming coming up in Kimberly, or, or is that coming anytime soon, or what's going on? Next week is homecoming already for us. So that'll be uh, game awesome. eight. So we're going into game seven tomorrow, and this is obviously going to air on Sunday. So that game will be done. And then we get the homecoming. That's always a very special day, special week for all the kids in high school to have that experience. And it's just great that things are back to normal and dances are on and, yeah. and kids can really have that full experience of having that homecoming week. So we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, I think it's it's fun to watch, you know, um, for us, especially with our multiple locations and seeing kids from different schools. You know, we even got the kids that'll wear their theme to the weight room. I know, you know, some of our, our, our Wana Key kids came in wearing neon today and and, you know, they wear their jerseys and, you know, all the sometimes some schools do USA and it's just really neat type thing. And it's really cool to see. Um, a lot of kids, you know, older and younger, getting into that school spirit and doing stuff with their friends. Um, but what, I don't know, just kind of want to get this baby going here tonight because obviously we've got a we've got a very special guest and um, someone that that I've known for a long time. Uh, I've been really close with his family since we moved to Madison. Um, he was a he was a three sport athlete at Verona High School. Now he's at the University of Bradley. Uh, and I'd love, love to bring Jacob Kisting on our podcast tonight. Jacob, you there, bud? Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Well, I'll tell you what, um, you know, I've coached Jacob. I've competed against Jacob. Um, and so I, I've really liked the, uh, the games where, where I was either, you know, watching him wear red and black or, you know, where he was sitting next to me in the dugout wearing red and black. Um, you know, having some choice words for our opponents every now and then versus that, that black and orange that I had to watch compete against uh, my kids. But um, Jacob, uh, love to have you, or glad that you're on. Uh, why don't you just share a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and, and we'll kind of get into this here. But again, really appreciate you being on tonight. Sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm Jacob Kisting. Um, I'm from Verona, Wisconsin. I uh, went to Verona High School. Uh, I played three sports in high school. I played uh, basketball, baseball, and football. Um, I have I have two sisters, mom, dad, Rick, Jill, and uh, I think that being from Verona is is kind of I kind of call it my personality trait. It's it's, it's uh, being from the hometown like Verona. There's a a big culture around sports there, and that's kind of how I grew up. So. Um, and kind of like you said, playing playing against uh, you know your son at Madison Memorial, those those rivalries will kind of kind of live with me for the rest of my life, especially being from Verona and stuff. So, um, yeah, I go to I go to Bradley University. And I'm a right-handed pitcher here, and I'm a sophomore. Um, I'm I'm really excited for this spring. I think we got a I think we got a great thing going here. So I'm I'm really excited to get going here. Jacob, this is awesome because I just had one of our athletes that I went uh, had ability to coach or that opportunity to coach his name was Darren Charles he was on our last podcast and he was also a three-sport athlete so you know you three-sport athletes I don't know what Darren did it we're we're talking in the 2000 2001 and you know obviously you're a lot sooner and it's very difficult to play three sports now at, at the high school level especially you know division one schools such as Kimberly and Verona and all that so 
kind of talk about that experience because I, I know it's what shaped you to the person and athlete that you are today. And then kind of talk about some of the impact some of those coaches and those different sports have made on your career so far. Yeah, well, well, being a three-sport athlete is is it teaches you, and I kind of I said this in a in a, a previous interview that I had, but it teaches you how to deal with failure in, in more ways than one sport can teach you. Um, and especially being a baseball player, I think that that's uh, of the utmost importance because baseball is a game of failure. Um, so, uh, and so de dealing with failure, that's that's going to be a big part. The next thing is just the overall athleticism side of it. Um, I think that playing basketball, playing football um, gave me a chance to understand how my body moves, how, how to be more efficient in areas and, and not get, um, not get stuck in, in the monotonous uh, mechanics of baseball and pitching. Um, I think that those, those two sports especially gave me, gave, gives me the upper hand a little bit there with um, the athleticism side of it. Um, but overall, when we're talking early childhood and coaches, I think that the, the one person I got to point everything to is my dad. Um, growing up, he was a, he was a football coach at Verona. He coached basketball. He coached all three at Verona. Um, but through, wow. through most of my childhood, um, the majority of it was football. So, you know, all I knew was, was Friday night lights uh, down, down in Verona, down at the high school and watching dad you know, run onto the field with all those guys. And, you know, at that time they're giants, right? Those are the guys you're, you're looking at, you're hearing the cleats knock on the concrete and you're like, wow, this is, you know, I can't wait to do this someday. Um, so it, having a role model like that, um, it, it, it means the world. And I think that that, that really, that really is what drove me to being like, okay, high school sports is really something special. Um, uh, but overall, I, I'm, he coached me in all three of these. Um, and, and a credit to him, he, I remember having a conversation with him once and he, he kind of told me, this is when baseball started to pick up for me a little bit, but he said, I'll coach you. I'll coach you until I got nothing left to coach. And once then on, I'll, I'll answer any questions you have. I'm always here, but I'm not going to be someone to hold you back. And, and he's, I mean, he's been an absolute blessing for, for everything for me when it comes to being a dad. Um, when it comes to sports, when it comes to just life in general, I mean, he's, he's my hero. So that's, that's pretty much the biggest coach um, uh, in terms of just youth sports in general um, that I can look back on. You know, Jacob, in, in, in obviously knowing your family and knowing also when, when you were younger, when your dad was coaching and stuff like that, and then having the ability to coach you as he was stepping away, um, I, I just want to have a huge shout out to both of your parents um, for how they, and this is a great message for our, our kids listening, for their parents, for parents listening and coaches, how they went about, um, you know, different scenarios of communication. Um, you know, when you were starting to get recruited, they wanted to get as much information as possible, but they never went to the point of, you know, I don't know how to say this without saying it being crazy parent. You know what I mean? They wanted yeah. to be involved but they also wanted you to guide, you know, your life and your decisions. I mean, we had many decisions, you know, that we had to make with you with, with edge baseball and stuff like that. Your parents were always there. Um, they offered input, which all parents should, but at the end of the day, it was always your choice. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And I, and I can get behind all of that. I mean, I remember specifically having conversations with both of my parents, you know, going into going into the, the recruiting process and talking about schools and talking about things. And, 
nothing, nothing ever came forced. It was always, it was always whatever came to you, whatever you felt that this was, all right, this is something I truly value. Those are conversations that we need to prioritize. And we absolutely did. Um, so, I mean, that's a, that's a huge credit to them from a, just from a personality standpoint, just from being a parent. And I, I tell you, they, they couldn't have done a better job. I'm, I'm, I love them. And, and I'm so, I'm so thankful that I have, I have them in my life to help me guide through that. Jacob, quick question, you know, three sport athlete, was there a love? I mean, out of those, you know, we always tell kids, you, you can kind of almost rank what sport you like best. Okay. Out of the three, what's your favorite then second and least favorite. Did you know right away at a young age or did that change as you were developing, you know, going through middle school and then high school, was there a certain instance where, Hey, you know, you had a, you know, a college recruiter might've gave you more interest or, you know, what was the, the turning point? How would you rank those three? So growing up, it was actually really interesting for me. It was, I, I just loved doing something. I mean, it, it didn't really matter what it was. I just loved doing something. So, you know, if it was springtime, it was baseball. If it was winter, it was basketball, fall it was football. And it was, it was always tough for me because, you know, you'd get in the fall, you'd get done with football and you're like, man, I still really want to play. Now I got to transition to basketball. I don't really want to start it. I want to stick with football. And then you get to the end of the winter and you're done with basketball and you're like, man, I don't really want to transition to baseball. I really like basketball. And it was kind of just a continuous circle um, on and on. So in reality, I, I don't think that there was any, any one that I prioritized growing up. Um, it was really just play ball. Um, and, and, and that's, that's, that's a big part of, of who I am. And I think that that kind of contributed to, to what, what I'm doing now. Um, but as I got into high school, ironically, I, had uh, there were a couple of times that I questioned whether I wanted to do track or baseball in high school um Verona being as big a school as it is the, they wouldn't let me do both um so I think I, it was a tough decision at first because I started doing track in middle school and I really enjoyed it um and then I got to high school and and I continued to play baseball and and things started to click for me um freshmen going into sophomore especially sophomore year on um but no, I think obviously baseball sophomore year on was kind of the focus. Um, but uh, the recruiting story is, is kind of unique because uh, I, I was being recruited in, in the COVID scenario. So uh, when it came to that, I was, never, I was never in a situation where I was meeting face-to-face -face with coaches. I was either having phone calls, having Zoom calls. They, they never actually saw me play uh, live, so it was a lot of video. Um, a, a, a lot of it based on Twitter, which is kind of kind of funny. But when when the uh, pitching coach here, uh, Coach Warner, when he reached out to me, he reached out to me on Twitter, and he had uh, he had he said he'd been following me a little bit. Um, he had seen some videos on Twitter and and different things with Prep Baseball Report and things like that. But um, overall, I was relatively un under recruited out of high school. Um, Bradley was my only scholarship offer, and. Um, as soon as I, as soon as I met the coaches here and as soon as I saw the campus, I kind of fell in love with it. I knew that this is somewhere I wanted to be. It was close enough to home that I could still, you know, see my family, uh, pretty much whenever I wanted to. Um, there's a, there's a great tradition of baseball down here. Coach Dominguez has been here for a number of years and he's really established himself in the, in the baseball community here. Um, so that was kind of, that was kind of my recruiting story, um, but being in a situation with COVID where there wasn't as much in-person uh, sort of sort of recruiting deals. 
So Jacob, you know, as you, as you went into high school, obviously you hit a pretty good growth spurt, right? Um, and, and so maybe share with, um, share with us a little bit, again, how playing multiple sports helped you continue to develop athletically because we see a lot of times, and we talked with Darren about this too, you know, as he hit that growth spurt, you know, he was kind of struggling, you know, finding his way into his body, you know what I mean? And so maybe talk about how some of those sports really helped you, you know, continue to be a, you know, cause you're a great athlete, you know, you're not just a pitcher, you know what I mean? And, and I think that's what makes you really special. Um, so maybe talk about how the other sports really helped with that. Yeah, I think, and kind of, kind of what I touched on before with the athleticism side is, is basketball and football. Um, I kind of go back to two because, you know, baseball is what I'm doing right now, but those two, especially, um, they put you in, they, they put your body in, in uncomfortable situations. They put you in places where your body's really got to adapt. And for me, um, you know, I think from my freshman to my junior year, I grew six, seven inches, maybe more. Um, so, you know, going from a guy who was, you know, five, 10, five, 11, six foot, whatever it was, is like a buck 40 or something like that. So now I'm six, four, 155 pounds. Well, you just stretched not much muscle over an even larger frame. So, um, it, it took a while for, for my body to really, to, for my muscles to catch up with my bones really is how I describe it. Um, which, which kind of led into, okay, when you're getting hit in football, when you're getting banged around in basketball, like you, you got to kind of understand how to take those blows. And as I, as I grew into my body I, with the understanding of how to, how to move, what, what movement patterns I really needed to have. Um, I think that that, that benefited a lot. And then once I got into baseball, the big thing was focusing on mechanics and baseball. Always, it was always mechanics pitching because, you know, you're, you're going to grow. The velocity is going to come. The big thing was always be repeatable, have good mechanics and throw strikes. And, and from a very early age, I really took that to heart. And I think that that was my, that was kind of my MO was, was I could put the ball where I wanted to. It wasn't necessarily, I wasn't ever the fastest thrower on the team, but um, you knew that when I was going to go out there, I could, I, I could get up there and I could, I could put the ball where I wanted to most of the time. Um, and I think that that, that's really what I pride myself on. So as I grew and, and kind of molded into, into a bigger frame, um, the, the velocity started to tick up a little bit and, and then we started moving towards college baseball. But, um, the, the big thing was, was learning, getting a base foundation of mechanics and getting a base foundation of movement patterns when my body wasn't quite developed yet. Um, and I, and I think that's of uber importance for, for young athletes, because when you get to the point where your body is developed and you, and you, you've, you've grown into your body and you don't really have those base foundations of mechanics and now you have to reteach it, you know, there, there are times where one, it may be a little bit too late or two, there's, there's some growing pains that you could have gone through a long time ago. Um, so I, I think that that's going to, that, that was the biggest, the biggest piece of that. Jacob, let's talk about that three sport athlete again. And I think it's very important. Obviously you're a very intelligent guy, but how do you communicate you know, with all three coaches, because every coach is pulling you in every direction. They want you here, you know, especially in the summer, that June is crazy. You know, even in the July is crazy. August, it, it kind of, you know, tames down a little bit. It calms down, but you know, how do you, how do you really, cause you're probably going to want to please every coach. That's what I see as a high school teacher and a coach is every kid wants to, they want to be there for their friends or teammates. And they want to go at every open gym. They want to go to every tournament. 
But, you know, if you do that, the body's just going to break down and it's not going to be healthy for you or, you know, in the situation, the sport that you're playing. So how do you do the communication or maybe did, you know, your dad step in because obviously, you know, he knew the importance of, you know, playing multi-sports. Is that something he helped you with? And then I think, how do you communicate with those coaches? Because what I see is a lot of kids are not comfortable talking. And I don't know if it's social media or what, but Brian and I talk about it all the time, but you know, they'll think something, but they don't go up and have that one-on-one communication. You know, they might try to email, they might try to text, but it can be done. I've seen it done, but so many kids I think feel pressured and then they just drop one of the sports right away because they say this is too much. What I'm getting from you is you love to compete. You know, you can just, I can just tell in your, their voice, it's one sport to the next. And that's kind of the era, you know, Brian and myself grew up in, you know, it wasn't 150 open gyms and in all different types of opportunities. It's you look forward to going into that next sport and having some new teammates and, you know, talking and learning from different coaches as well. So I know I'm getting lengthy there, but you know, how, how did, how do you work that? Well, I think we go back to the to the point you made of and I was absolutely in this situation of, you know, every every kid wants to 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 please their coach, per se. Um, And I think I think the big thing to start off with that is to to earn your coach's respect. There's got to be a level of maturity when it comes to, you know, those are tough conversations to have. Um, but it's very important to have them, you know, what, like you said, whether it's over text or it's in person or an email, whatever it is, but the communication part is, um, coaches, you'll gain a lot of respect from coaches when you're straightforward with them. You know, if you, if you have to miss, if you have to miss a basketball open gym, cause you got a baseball tournament, um, you know, if you are, if you are upfront about that and you're upfront about that, you know, not two days in advance, but, you know, a few weeks when you've, you've had the schedule, you understand what's going to be coming up. Um, coaches will, this kid's got his stuff together. He, he knows what he's got. And, and this is, this shows a level of maturity, especially for kids, you know, they're trying to establish themselves on a varsity, on a varsity team, potentially early on in their career, like their freshman or sophomore year. Um, establishing that communication is, is very important um, and will go a long ways for you. Yeah. I think Jake, you know, it's extremely go ahead, go ahead, Brian, Jacob, I think, I think, you know, just from dealing with you as a coach, um, I think one of the things I got to move here because my internet's a little shaky. Um, one of the things that I noticed you know, from you is that, you know, like you said, you had that communication like before the tournament was going on. Right. So like, I knew like on the week before that, Hey, you had seven on seven, you know, at six o'clock on Sunday night. So I knew like one, when I was going to throw you, um, you know, and two, like, if you were going to have to be gone and, and then we'd have to make adjustments for the rest of the guys on the team, you know, that's the other thing that that communication I think is a huge thing because not only are you helping yourself, you know, communicate with the coach, but you're also helping your teammates and you're helping the rest of the team. So Dean, I know you had something else to say too. Yeah. I just, I, you know, I just remember having a conversation with one of our athletes that went on and, and, uh, and played big time, you know, college football, but he was a three sport athlete in high school and I just remember having a conversation with him, you know, and he said in the whole summer, he only had one day off 
where he did not have anything. So I think, Jacob, you can contest to this. It's extremely hard to be in your position in this day of age to play three sports in high school. And I've even seen it at the high school level where somebody, you know, a sport coach would rather have a great athlete not go out just because maybe that's their second or third sport and that's not their love. That's not their number one sport. And because maybe you didn't make a tournament here or there, or you missed open gyms or whatever. And it's really sad for, for that to happen in this day of age. And I think coaches out there got to understand that. And it's the hardest thing with, you know, Brian and myself working with athletes is we understand not every athlete loves to lift weights and, and loves to really get in there and push themselves and get uncomfortable. And I think sport coaches so important because 28 years and I've seen this happen over and over. And a lot of times that three sport athlete can do three sports because one, they're a great athlete, right? That's how they can pull it off. But for a sport coach, not to, to let their ego, maybe, I don't know if that's correct word, but let their situation come down to bad communication and not being able to work that situation out really hurts not only the individual, but the team. Cause I can, I can tell you in certain situations, our teams, you know, at schools that I've been, you know, over the course of my years, you know, having another individual would make a big difference. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. I, I think uh, a great example of what, what I kind of experienced with that in high school was our head football coach, coach Dave Richardson, um, who's in the, the, the coach hall of fame and in, in high school football in Wisconsin. And, you know, he, he did not allow guys to, to single on and just football. You know, he, he made guys go run track. He made them go awesome. play basketball. He's, yep. He was, he was so big on being a total athlete. Um, and that shows with this track record. I mean, he made, he's, Went to the playoffs nearly every year he coached, and he's he coached with my dad for a number of years too. And um, I, I think that at, at the end of the day, that's that's how you're going to round athletes is is not not you're not trying to make him a football player, you're not trying to make him a basketball player, you're trying to make him an athlete. Um, and he did a fantastic job with that, and he did that for the entirety of my high school career and long before I was there. Um, so I, I think that that was, that was a big deal for, for high school sports and, or, uh, for Verona sports. In yeah, huge, huge shout out to coach Richardson too, Dean. Yes. I know we did a strength, strength and conditioning clinic at Kimberly probably 10, 12 years ago. And him and oh, yeah. coach Davis, coach Lowell Davis came, you know, make that two, two and a half hour trip, you know, to the, to the university of Darboy over there and, and, and watch the, uh, had the clinic, but coach Richardson is such an incredible man. And what an impact he had on so many, you know, young people at Verona. Um, Jacob, so let's talk a little baseball here. Um, you know, let's let's get to the to the baseball portion of the show. Yeah, let's do uh, it. Um, so, you know, we started edge baseball very, you know, with just a lot of kids that, you know, had played against each other in Little League and stuff like that and families that knew each other. Um, so that was really my, my first opportunity to coach you. Um, you know, your, your freshman summer, um, and you know, that, that summer you were sitting somewhere, you know, in the high seventies, maybe touched 80 now and then, um, you know, into your sophomore year, you're in the low eighties. So went up a couple miles an hour. Um, and that's when you're going through that growth spurt that we talked about. Um, but from your sophomore year into your junior summer, 
um, you, you know, you were going, you know, 82, 83, all the way up to 89, 90, you know, so you had a huge jump uh, in that time. And I think, you know, obviously, you know, the lever advantage that you had from growing was, was definitely a part of it. But the thing I saw is you made that concerted effort in the weight room to really start um, building strength, building explosiveness. Um, for those of you that have seen any of our videos, Jacob can just flat out jump out of the, out of the gym, which as we know, correlates over to velocity when you throw as a pitcher. Um, so those of you that are not jumping your pitchers, uh, you're missing the boat. Um, but let's just talk about that. Like what triggered in your head um, that you really want to commit into the weight room? Because at the end of the day, I think that had a huge impact on you. You also transitioned to being a PO. Um, so you get to focus a little more on your mechanics, but I think there's a, you know, there's still that 1970s, 1980s viewpoint that pitchers shouldn't lift. They should just do bands and, you know, stretching and shit like that. Like give us, you know, some ideas on, or what really triggered in your head because it made a huge difference in your, in your career. Yeah. I think, I think early on, uh, especially early on in my high school career, it was kind of like you said, you know, it, it, it's going to be bands, you know, it's, it's injury prevention with, you know, getting your arm ready and, and, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to tense up your muscles too much. You want to be loose. You want to be, you know, fluid with everything. And that's kind of the whole deal. And there, there definitely is truth to that. I mean, there's, you, you have to be fluid, you have to be loose, but you can't base it off of just no strength. You, you, you need to, pitchers need to be under a squat rack. They need to be deadlifting. They need to be in explosive and, and stressful situations for their body Otherwise there's no progress. You, you're you're going to sit at, you know, you're going to be loose all the time, but you know, you, you're not going to have any force. You're not going to have any power production. Um, and kind of how you talked about uh, vertical, that was, that was a big thing last year for me was um, during the season was to make sure that I was lifting the correct way and to make sure that my power output was, was staying consistent each week. I would, I would test my vertical and, and there were weeks where I said, okay, it, you know, it's dropping a little bit. And I might feel a little sluggish here or there. So, okay, we need to incorporate some more, some more power, power-esque lifts. Um, but, but the big thing, the big thing for me that changed in high school was um, the, the competitive side of it. Um, it's, and it's not necessarily, when you think of competitive, you know, you're thinking like, you know, you're playing a game, you know, it's, it's you against someone else. It's nose to nose, you're going at it, whatever it is. And that, that there's some truth to that too. But I think more importantly, there's a competitive side within yourself. I think, you know, playing the 1% rule every single day of competing with who you were yesterday, you know, competing with who you were the last week. Um, and I think that that played, that paid dividends for me um, and, and is still doing it. And I think it's something I kind of live by baseball wise. And, and, and I think that, I think that's at what everyone should be living by. Jacob, as a follow-up to that, you talked injury prevention, right? Um, and I want to touch on a, on a piece of equipment that we use all the time, right? You had you had some back issues your freshman, sophomore year, right? And, yep. you know, we got you on the reverse hyper, you know, huge shout out to all of our conjugate fans out there. And you tell the story so that I'm not putting words in your mouth. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember specifically one tournament um, where we're throwing and this, I think this was down at Nash park maybe. Um, and, and after the game, I'm, I'm barely able to walk. I mean, my, my lower back was completely shot and I go up to you and, and I, I say, coach, I, I, I don't know what's going on, especially because then kind of what you talked about earlier, like that same night, I had a seven on seven. 
it was a Sunday night and I'm like, coach, I got to go play football. I can't even walk right now. Um, and you, you're like, all right, well, let's look at a few things here. And we look at my hips and we look at everything else and, and they are way out of the line. And, and that's, first of all, it's coming with, you know, my body growing so much, my muscles can't keep up. That's one thing. The next thing was at the time I was still hitting and pitching. That's a lot of torque on the body. That is a lot of, a lot of thrown out of alignment. Um, so you said, Hey, come in tomorrow morning. I'm going to be there. It was a Monday morning. No one else was in there. And we're like, Hey, we're going to crank out these reverse hypers. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And it, I'll tell you, it was not fun that morning. That was not, that was not a fun morning to be at sports advantage, but um, at the long run, I, I, I honestly, I felt it kind of right away. I'm like, Hey, this is, this feels good. Um, so, and you kind of told me, you're like, Hey, whenever I'm in here, come over and get them done. And I think we did it three, four times a week for the next five or six weeks. Um, got things put, put back together. And as we continued to, to implement that within strength training, um, that, that is, that's pretty much a staple of, of injury prevention, you know, knock on wood, but I have, I, my back's felt great for the last three, four years, haven't had many hiccups. And uh, I, I really attribute it all back to the reverse hypers. And you've been talking to your coaches at Bradley about trying to get them right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, and I've kind of been doing a few things there and, and, and kind of doing it uh, in different, uh, different senses. But um, I think that, I, I think that it's something that everybody should be doing and regardless of whatever sport, whatever, you know, competitive situation you're in, that's, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna elevate it. Dog, you need to be doing them too. get that back squared up that you got over there. Absolutely. For sure. <laughs> a reverse hyper is, you know, it's a game changer exercise. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So we do it. We do a lot of them. And like when you squat that lower back is that usually that weakest link and you get that back strong and that's part of your core. The extremities are going to get a lot stronger and, you're going to see a big improvement in athletic performance. There's no doubt about it. Jacob, let's go from your high school, and then you go to Bradley, and you're one of the best freshmen in the country. What's your mindset, you know, when you hit that mound? And, you know, it's a big game because, you know, we had Brent Suter on for the Milwaukee Brewers, and, you know, he kind of touched on, you know, just that position of being there. You're kind of in control of the game. You know, you set the tempo pitchers you know you got that ball in your hand it's like the point guard basketball it's the quarterback in football so what's that like and you know what's going through your mind you know when you get on that mound yeah well I wouldn't go as far to say as one of the best freshmen in the country I feel like that's a that's a major stretch but um uh I I think that you know from a mentality standpoint I think everybody as soon as they step on the mound they got to think that they're the best in the country I, I think no matter who's in the box no matter what else is happening uh, you, you got to have that bulldog mentality because otherwise you're going to get eaten alive. Um, and you talk about big games. I think back to three specifically uh, my freshman year um, as my first, as my first collegiate win against University of uh, Pittsburgh. Um, and that game, I'll tell you, I was going into it and I was, I was shaking in my boots. It was, you know, I'm throwing my pregame bullpen. The team's rolling up. It's, it's Pittsburgh. They're, you know, they've got their, their Nike stuff. They got the Panther logo on there. You know, everybody knows who that is. Um, and I'm just this small skinny freshman from somewhere in Wisconsin. Um, but I think going into it, you know, my, my catcher Keaton Rice came up to me before and he's like, Hey man, do your thing, play ball. This is, this is what you came here to do play ball. And I, and I think that that's, that really, that really carried over from the rest of my entire freshman year was just, Hey, 
you can't overcomplicate things. You're still playing baseball. It's just like playing baseball in the backyard. It, you, you know, the mound's 60 feet, six inches away. Nothing's changed. Play ball. Um, and the same, the same other things with uh, playing against Dallas Baptist, who was a, who was a top 25 team in the country at the time. Uh, and we ended up beating them in the series, which was probably the highlight of my baseball career so far. That was a blast. Um, and then down at, down at South Florida, USF, um, and that game, that game is a little bit different because, uh, that was the first kind of time that I, you know, encountered, you know, there's a thousand people in the crowd and there's, there's fans up against the wall and they're screaming your name and they know everything. They know your mom's name. They know your girlfriend's name. They know everything about you. And you're like, you know, I'm finding out stuff about myself that I didn't even know. And, um, and, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's, it's right back to what you've always been doing. It's you and the catcher There's nothing else. Um, so it's, it's just playing ball. I think overcomplicating things is just going to make things worse for you. Um, just allowing yourself to, to be who you are. I think that's going to be the, the, the top thing. Jacob, obviously the, the title of our, our podcast is get your edge. Um, so if you had, you know, one piece of get your edge advice for, you know, athletes out there, what would it be? What is something that they can, that they can use that, that Jacob Kissing is going to throw at them to give them a competitive advantage? Well, I think the best thing that you could possibly do is, is, is be a competitor. Uh, when I think back to, to when I th think back to the, the most, the most fun I've had playing with different guys, um, different players, whether it's in high school, college, even middle school, um, it, it was, it's always fun playing with the competitors and, you know, guys that are going to get your back, no matter what's going to happen. Um, I, I think being, having that competitive mindset of, you know, me and my guys are, are, are going to, are going to do what we do. Um, and I think, uh, trusting in one another and, and being competitive are going to, they're, they're going to take your team to the next level. It really is. Um, and not, not the rah, rah stuff, you know, the, the show, the show and go stuff, whatever it is, but you know, the true, true competitive and trust, um, two things within organizations that are going to be very, very important. Jacob, I know I didn't put this on here, but I, I want you to kind of share a little bit. Um, you know, a couple of your other friends, you know, Colby and, and James, um, you guys make a point all the time when you're in town to get together and your families make a point to do stuff together. You guys have been doing it for years and, you know, decade, you know, at least a decade taking trips together, things like that. Tell our listeners how important it is to continue to do that family type stuff. Even, I mean, all three of you guys are playing college sports. Um, you know, all three of you were, were, at, you know, athletes in high school, yet you still make that important time to spend that time with your family. Please tell us how important that is to find that time to do that. Well, I'll tell you, those guys are my brothers. You know, they always have been, always will be. And, and, and I'll also throw Aiden Williams into the mix. You know, we talk high school sports. He went to a crosstown rival, we went to Middleton High School. Um, but, you know, throughout our entire high school careers, we we're best friends, you know, on the field, it got a little chippy sometimes because, you know, we're all, we've all, we've all got that little bit of competitiveness in us and, and all that. But, you know, as soon as you step off the field, it's, it's, it's hugs. Cause those are my brothers. Um, family wise. I mean, you all, all, all four of us, our families have been getting, getting together since, um, you know, James Colby and I, we've known each other. We went to school a little bit longer, but, you know, adding Aiden into the mix, uh, I, since edge baseball, we, we've been, we've been hanging out. We've been, uh, families getting together over, you know, now we're in college, but 
you know, over breaks when we're all home. So Thanksgiving, Christmas, summer, especially, um, you know, sometimes we get weekends in the fall where we get to come home, go to Badger games and just hang out for a weekend. And then we all go back. And, and I think having, having that sense of home and having that sense of, you know, having a rock is, is really important because I, I, whenever, when, when everything else hits the fan, they're unwavering. Um, so those guys, especially, and then their families as well, um, their parents, I mean, they feel like my parents as well. I feel like I'm always comfortable around them, no matter what's going on. And, and whenever I'm in any of their houses, it feels like I'm home. Um, and having that is, is, I mean, there's nothing more in the world you could ask for. Dino, you got anything else? Cause I got one more thing, but I'm going to, I'm going to have to switch my hat around here to an edge baseball hat for this story. Yeah. You know my big thing is I want to just throw some props out. You know, Brian had a great career at UW Oshkosh, was on a national championship team at the Division Three level. He got to play under one of the – probably one of the best baseball coaches in the country with Tom Lechner, who was the UW Oshkosh head baseball coach. But if it's a 3-2 count, you're on the mound, he's up. Do you fan him, Jacob? Do you, do you take him down? Is it a K? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's oh, yes. no, yeah, there's no question about okay. it. I, mean, I love it. I love it. I, 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 I gotta, I gotta go with yes. I mean, I, oh, I can man. tell you, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I'll tell you what's coming and I'm going to spin it right by your back. <laughs> oh, I love that. We might, have, we might have to test that theory here in, in the, in the fall here. We, we oh, that's not a bad that. idea at all. Um, no, I just, you know, you know, we talk so much about sports advantage. I probably don't talk enough about edge edge baseball on, on the podcast, but you know, we started edge baseball, um, you know, four or five years ago, Jacob, you were, you were one of the first, you were, you know, you guys were the first team that we had. Um, you guys took a chance, you know, you, you know, you, a lot of guys, we had a lot of meetings to make sure it was the right thing to do. Um, stuck with it. You know, you had opportunities to go other places, obviously, cause your talent, um, with more established programs, but you stuck with us. So the first thing I want to say is thank you for that, because that, I mean, it means the world, to us, you were our first Division One athlete, you know, to come out to, from edge baseball. Um, but the the moment that I'll never forget, um, and and this is kind of a dual moment, obviously, with you and you and your other brother, you know, Spencer. Um, you know, we had the opportunity to play in a in a in a showcase tournament, and you know, at the time, a couple couple programs, you know, went to do their own things, and um, you know, I sat down Jacob and Spencer, and I said the the primetime game was always you know, a Friday night game under the lights, you know, there was always a showcase game and, you know, the, the couple of programs that weren't there, you know, weren't playing. And, you know, there were some other good programs there. And I, I sat Jacob and Spencer down. I said, Hey, I want, I want our program to play in this. If I can find a way to get in there. I said, I want to split the game, you know, between you two, give you guys the opportunity to show what you can do. Um, and like two incredible teammates and two incredible competitors, they both said, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, both of them could have thrown complete games in any other game. Um, but I wanted to showcase our program as a whole, um, you know, and give a lot of guys on our team that I thought were college baseball players the opportunity to play. But I also wanted to showcase both of our, our two guys. And, um, and so they said, absolutely. I, I called the organization. I said, I don't care who you put out, out there on, on, on Friday night. I said, we'll play and we'll beat them. I said, I got two guys that I'm going to put on the mound that you, you better get the radar guns up and they'll be ready to go. And sure enough, those two guys showed up and, you know, they stuffed them and, and they did. That was probably, in my opinion, the, you know, still a huge win for our program. 
but to me, it showed, you know, unwavering unselfishness because again, both you guys are, are starters. You, you were, you know, I said, Hey, you know, and, and, you know, obviously Spencer wanted to start and you were like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll call, close the door. You know what I mean? And I, I just, we need more of that in sports. You know, we need more guys that want to, you know, one compete, you know, cause you guys are competing for yourselves, but also for the good of your teammates and stuff like that. So that was a huge moment for edge baseball. And I just, I can't thank you enough for that and all you've done, you know, for our program, Jacob, and obviously, you know, we have a personal relationship, you know, you still train with us. Um, and so I'm so, I'm so proud of you. You, you have no idea um, how you've matured and, you know, the player you are, but as Dean and I, I think always talk about right when, when we have former players on, I think the most thing, the thing we're the most proud of all the time is the person that you are um, because you're genuine um, and you're a great person to be around. So uh, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. I'm going to flip it around and, and thank you for everything you've done for me. I, I tell you flat out, there's, there's no way, no way that I'm going to be where I'm at right now because without sports advantage, um, the, the, the strength, the strength that I've built from sports advantage physically, but honestly, more of a character than anything else. Um, I've, I've learned more about myself as a person, more about myself as, as a competitor than I ever would have anywhere else. Um, and, and because of that, I'll, I'll always wear sports advantage. I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like there's any other place that I'd rather be, um, summers or this is where I'm spending it this past summer. I, you know, I drove out to Wanakee every single day just to make sure that I was, you know, at the same gym you were at. So, um, and, and that'll, that'll never change. Um, I, I, the sports advantage has given me more than I could ever ask for. So I really appreciate everything you've done for me. I appreciate it. Dog, anything else? No, just Jacob. Thanks a lot for coming on. I know Brian has said, "Hey, we got to get Jacob on," and and I'm saying, "Who's this Jacob guy?" And uh, and all he did was talk just unbelievable about you, the person that you are, and you know, just from this podcast, I you can just tell you're just a first class athlete, first class person, and uh, this is great. This is why we do what we do, and I wish you continued luck this year, and 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 following years and, and everything else. And uh, thanks again for coming out. I appreciate it, coach. Thank you very much. Awesome. All right. Well, this ends this episode of Get Your Edge podcast, and we will see you next time. Chop it.